0: Robert Rodriguez, who serves on our board, is going to come and just share a couple thoughts with you from the word of God. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. I hope songs about the resurrection still trip you up. Amen? Amen. Telling you. You know, I was, I was thinking about something. I don't understand why we city folk are so skeptical of stuff. I mean, I was uh, watching a movie the other night Uh, in 2018, this cartoon came out, don't judge me, it was called Spider-Man Enter the Spideyverse, And it was all these different spider, can I get an amen on that, that was a good flick. In that movie, there's a scene where two of the Spider-Men in full Spider-Man uniforms are wrestling each other from the air and they fall down right into the middle of the streets of New York City, where I'm from, and nobody does anything. They all walk by, and they're like, eh, it's New York. We're skeptical about everything. Our skepticism has gotten so bad in our society, we no longer accept truth. We accept only what we think is true. And the problem is, the smarter we think we get... We think that we have the answers for everything. The sun could be out, and it could be so red and yellow, and we will say it's green because we think we can. This is not new. Skepticism has been around for a long time. In Jesus' day, there was a group of people called the Sadducees, and they didn't want to believe the resurrection would ever happen. And so one day they asked Jesus, In the Gospel of Luke, they ask him, and they say, Rabbi, very nice and polite. So, there are these people, and they were married to each other. One dies, they get married again. When they get to heaven, you know, because you believe in the resurrection, who's married to who? And Jesus, like the boss that he is, says, neither. Well, it's not in the law of Moses. How in the world could this resurrection happen? And Jesus says something. He goes, yeah, Moses talked about people coming back alive. Another word for that is resurrection. And the Sadducees, like the great church business leaders that they are, said this. Okay, no more questions, sir. See you later. He shut them up. You know, our skepticism will only be silenced. By the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I want to read a few things that he says. He says, now I want to make clear to you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached to you, which you received, and which you've taken your stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold to the message I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So Paul, writing to this church in an urban setting, a lot like New York City, this this city of Corinth, he tells them something towards the end of his letter to them. He tells them that he wants something to be clear. And he says the thing that he wants to be the most clear about what they know is that what they believed, what they received, what they have taken a stand, and some of them will take the stand of losing their life because of this. He says, you are being saved because of this truth unless you believed in vain. And so Paul tells the believers in the church of Corinth, it's not whether you believed enough or whether you think it enough, is he's saying that it's either true or it's not. Either you've been changed or you haven't. You know, our colony grads, people are skeptical about them all the time. Did their life really change? Did, did God really make you what you were before into what you are now? They, they deal with this on a consistent basis. And maybe you deal with this all the time. Jesus Christ has changed your life and people don't believe it. They think you found a cult. They think you drunk the Kool-Aid. They don't understand the difference between religion and relationship that you finally have changed your life because of Jesus Christ. You know what's worse than that? You know what's worse than other people being skeptical about something? When we believe the lie of Satan and we are skeptical of what God is doing in our life. We psych ourselves out. And if anybody wanted to psych themselves out, we look at the Apostle Paul and here's here's what he says. For I passed on to you as most important what I also received. That Christ died for our sins. And then he adds this phrase, according to the scriptures. Not what he thinks, not what he heard, but what the word of God said happened and what would have happened. He said that Jesus Christ was buried and that he was raised on the third day. Again, according to the scriptures. That this was before time began. As the word of God began to be doled out throughout human history, these things came to pass, and it continued to happen just the way the word of God said it would. He says that then he appeared to the to Cephas, and then to the twelve. And then he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Most of them at this point in the first century are still alive, but some have fallen asleep, some have died. And then he appeared to James. And then to all the apostles. And this is where if anybody wants to be skeptical about what Jesus Christ can do, the apostle Paul could. Because he says this, last of all, as one born at the wrong time, he also appeared to me. If you know anything about the life of the Apostle Paul, his name was Saul. And he was one of those intellectual religious people, the the Pharisees, who may have believed in some sort of resurrection, but he certainly didn't believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. And he devoted his life to make sure that Christians were wiped out. And one day, on the way to Damascus to see more Christians arrested, to see more Christians killed. Jesus Christ stopped them dead in his tracks and saved him. Now, if anybody can be skeptical, the Apostle Paul should be. This gospel has been this message of skepticism for a very long time. Remember what Mary had to go through as a virgin who, who was with child, going to her family and friends and saying, I'm with child. Oh, Mary, you, you've known no man, I thought. What happened with you and Joseph? Oh, it's from the Holy Spirit. Okay, Mary. She went, she went her whole life that way. Jesus Christ heals people. And people think it's because he has demons inside of him. This gospel has been the source of skepticism for those who haven't believed for a very long time. So Paul says this, for I'm at least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But then he says this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me, and this is where he makes the the connection, his grace toward me was not in vain. I did believe. And he said, I worked harder than everybody else. Why? Because I recognize that my skepticism was wrong. I recognize that my sin was great, but Jesus Christ saved me when I had no nothing to offer him at all. The greatest truth about a relationship with Jesus Christ, the greatest truth about the resurrection is that Jesus Christ has the power not only to forgive you of your sins and not only to give you a home in heaven, but to make everything that you thought before that was about religion or about your talents and your abilities just completely go away because it is his story and he is the one that saved you. So as we talk tonight about the resurrection, do you realize how important the resurrection is? It's not just some theological truth. It's not just something that we sing ditties over. This is real. This is what the Apostle Paul says. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead... How can some of you say there is no resurrection from the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is in vain. And so is your faith. Paul makes it clear if the resurrection doesn't happen, if this is not true... Then Jesus Christ, who's the first of the resurrection, if he didn't rise again from the grave, we are in a lot of trouble. Paul puts it this way, moreover, we are found to be false witnesses about God because we've testified wrongly about God that he raised up Christ, who he did not raise up, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, here's what he says, your faith is Worthless. And all of us are still in our trespasses and our sins. Those then who've fallen asleep, those that have died before, they also have perished in their sinful state. And if we put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. He says this, God saved me, called me to be a preacher to Gentiles. And if I did that and there's no resurrection, Everything that we believed means nothing. It was just the way of life. It was just something we said to make people feel better. When people died, it was nothing. And every time that one of us falls asleep or passes away, we have died and our faith is in vain. And I know you're like, Rob, that was the most killjoy thing you could say the whole night. So that's why Paul continues. He says this, but as it is, here's the truth. Christ has been risen from the dead. And the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, for since his death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For just as an Adam, all die. So also in Christ, all will be made alive. See, that's is why we cry out, he has risen Indeed because it's of a certainty, it is a historical fact, and it is also something that was done. He bodily rose again to make sure that everybody knew that what happened made sense. Jesus Christ not only died for your sins, he rose again from the grave, which gives you eternal life. What do you do for an encore after that? And it's not like just one person saw him. It's not like he had some little blog, hey, I'm back, over 500 people saw him. This happened. So for you tonight, something's happening. Jesus Christ, just like the apostle Paul, is calling you tonight. There's something tugging at your heart right now, saying, man, I don't understand all of it. I may not get everything about the resurrection, but I know whatever Rob's talking about and the word of God said, I need to listen. Something's telling me to listen, and I want you to do that. I want you to think about all the skepticism that you've built up in your life because people who've wronged you, people who've lied to you, jobs you didn't get, all the things that make you skeptical, the love you may not have received from your parents or your friends, whatever it is, I want you to realize that Jesus Christ died to relieve you from all of that. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I want to ask you a question. Christians are praying. People are doing business with God. I want to ask you one question. Have you taken hold of the truth that's in the resurrection? Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Here's what Paul says. Paul says that in Adam, all men die. That means every one of us, we are descendants of Adam and Eve. And because Adam and Eve sinned, you and I have been born in the state of being sinners. Sinners. And because of this sin, you and I are separated from God from all of eternity. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It goes on to say in the book of Romans, it says that the wages of sin is death. You and I are not supposed to have a relationship with God because of the things that we've said, the things that we've thought, and the things that we've done. And because of that truth, you and I are supposed to spend eternity separated from God in a place that the Bible actually calls a lake of fire or a literal hell. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus saw the condition that we were in, And the reason why we celebrate Good Friday is that when he died on the cross, he paid the price for my sin and your sin. He paid the price that we could not pay. If we would die in our sin, that wouldn't cover the price. Only someone who is sinless can die for someone who has sin. And so Jesus Christ died for our sin to pay that price. So here's the thing. People who die for religion's sake, they're called martyrs. The reason why Jesus Christ is not a martyr is because three days later, there was a tomb that was empty because Jesus Christ, by his own power, because he's God, rose himself from the grave. And when he did that, this is why the resurrection is so important. The resurrection proves not only that he paid the price for your sin, but praise God, it worked. And so if you're here and you haven't accepted what Jesus Christ did to for you through his death, the burial, and the resurrection. And God's talking to you about that right now. And you say, Rob, I need to know that I have my sins forgiven. I need to know that I have eternal life. I want that resurrection to count for, for my life too. I know Jesus Christ died for me, but I've never publicly professed that. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and you say, Rob, I need to receive Jesus. Would you just raise your hand quickly? I would never embarrass you. I would never uh, call you out. Thank you. There's one. Is there someone else that would say, I, I need to receive that power of the resurrection? Thank you. There's someone else. Thank you. There's someone else. Here's what the Bible says. If you've raised your hand, I want you to have enough courage just to look at me right now. Everyone else, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. The Bible says if you believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved. The Bible says, for whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to pray first, and I'm going to introduce you to Jesus. And then when, when I'm done praying, I'm going to say amen. And here's what I want you to do. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, that's how we pray. I want you to talk to Jesus, and I'm going to lead you to, to, to tell him a few things. Now, remember, it's not some poem. It's not some prayer. It, it, it literally is you talking to God, okay? So, Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus. Thank you for... Uh, for dying on the cross for our sins, Jesus. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Lord, I, I have my, my, my dear friends here who want to talk to you and they want to profess who, who Jesus is to them tonight. And so, Lord, I ask that you would hear them and that you would give them the assurance that, that you've saved them and that you love them. Amen. All right, so with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to repeat after me. If you want to receive Jesus, and remember, this is you talking to God. I'm just going to help you say what you need to say. I want you to, first, I want you to, Tell Jesus that that you've done things wrong in your life, that, that you've sinned. If you believe that you've done things, said things, and thought things wrong, I want you to just confess that to God right now. He knows it already, so you can just tell him. And then after you told him that, and if God's tugging at your heart and you believe this, I want you to tell him that you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And then after you tell him that, If you believe this, I want you to say that you believe that Jesus Christ can save us from all of our sins that we did in the past, the present, and the future. And I want you to cry out. I want you to ask him to point blank to save you tonight. Don't mess around. Don't say you're going to be a better person. Just say, I'm a sinner and I need you to save me. Lord, please save me. And I want you to do this, not just because it's polite, but I want you to think about the gravity of what you just did. I want you to thank Jesus for saving you. Now, if you did that, I want you to look back up at me. If you asked Jesus to save you, I want you to look back up at me. Here's, here's what the Bible says. There are angels rejoicing right now. We're rejoicing. Because you have not only received forgiveness of your sins, You also have eternal life instead of eternal death. And by the way, you now have a bunch of brothers and sisters in this room. And so what I want want us to do is I want us all to pray together and thank God for saving these people tonight. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for how it works. Thank you for uh, the, the truth of the gospel. Lord, I'm thankful for my dear brothers and sisters tonight, especially the new ones who just received Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would help them in their faith. Lord, I pray that they would tell the one that they came with, uh, who, who they know that knows Jesus, and that they would be helped in their Christian walk. Lord, I pray that they would reach out to us to see how we can help them in their journey. Lord, I thank you for what you've done in the midst of us tonight. Lord, thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for, for, for not for it not only being real, but something that affects our life. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of your story. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. Tonight we're privileged to have a young man from the Colony of Mercy whose life has been transformed, and he's going to come tonight and share with you briefly what Jesus has done in his heart and life. Would you please make... Tyson-